0: Hi, it's Oscar here from Sastock, covering for Alex this week. Today, the SASDOC revolution show is live from the exhibition floor of SASDOC 19. This has been a record breaking year for us, and we've already been getting some amazing feedback. So if you didn't make it, you've really missed out. Today, our CEO, Alex Thumer interviews Elias Torres, the CTO of Drift, who founded the company with CEO David Cancel. Elias Torres is focused on building the best engineering organization based out of Boston. His team at Drift is building software to help people live, work, and create better together, anywhere, anytime, on any device. He is obsessed with finding the best talent while sculpting company culture and getting things done. They discuss how Drift are making B2B buying simple, frictionless, and conversational. And they also delve into people, hiring culture, and the challenges of hypergrowth, including how to train managers and get the best from ambitious young talent. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to the SAS Revolution show, Elias Torres, uh, co-founder at Drift. Um, thanks for coming to Dublin. How are you doing, Elias?
2: I'm, e- I'm excited to be here. I love it.
1: Good, good stuff. Is you your first time in Dublin?
2: No, uh, I was here. We opened uh, the engineering office for HubSpot okay. uh, many years back. so. Uh, I used to come here a lot for that, and you know, help recruit and build a team and create a connection between the two countries.
1: Awesome, awesome, good stuff. But this is your first time at SASDAQ, right? Uh,
2: first time. Yes. Yeah, we had
1: DG here last year, and DC was at the first, uh, first ever SASDAQ. Wow.
2: See, that, that tells you the order of priority a, in my you, company. Do we call you ET? Yeah, you can call me ET. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but, uh, Elias, um, uh, for those that that don't know you, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, and what you do at, at Drift. And I think everybody knows who Drift is, but uh, you know, for those that don't, uh, let us know a little bit about it.
2: Do you guys know what Drift is? Okay, good, thank you. Uh, it's good to know that people know us outside of the US. Uh, yes, my name is Elias. Uh, I am the co-founder of Drift with David. I'm the CTO, so uh, early on I would be mostly engineering, building the product and building the product organization. Mm-hmm. I still lead product, but I do spend a lot of time uh, across operations throughout the whole company. Mm-hmm. Uh, very involved in recruiting heavily across all departments, mm-hmm. and I also um, involved with sales, customer success, anything that is customer facing, I'm there. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome, awesome. Uh, and Drift, uh, what, what does it do? What problem are you solving?
2: We're solving the problem that is just really it's really hard for businesses to buy from other businesses. Yeah. You know, it's just very complicated, cumbersome. You know, we we want to make buying uh, B2B buying kind of like Amazon makes uh, you buying like a book and a drone just drops it off at your house and it's like so frictionless. We want to remove all that friction that we kind of artificially created. Uh, we want to make it more conversational. Just make it simple to engage with somebody, get to know them. And I want to ask what I need as a buyer and I want to get the answers that I want when I want them. And mostly it's like now. I want answers now.
1: You, uh, or oh, so so you, Drift is, uh, well has a conference that's called Hypergrowth. Uh, DC's written a book called Hypergrowth. Uh, and you're a hyper-growth company, right? Are you you're 300 employees, I think, Yes, we've
2: we grown, um, the stats right now are, we were two of us, we were 18, 45, 150,
1: 300. Okay, uh, and that's in how many years, three, four years? Four years, okay. Yeah. Uh, it makes our, our zero to 22 in four years look a little bit cumbersome, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a it's There's it's different, a different ways business. to build yeah. a company, yeah. 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 It's, uh, Very good, and, and, and you said, you, so you're still working in operations, by being you, you know, the, C, the CTO, uh, and so that journey zero to three hundred. Um, let's kind of like focus on that because we want to talk about people, the hiring culture, uh, maybe some of the challenges that you've had in in growth, right? So I don't, I, I'm assuming everybody here is a is a SaaS company uh, as well, and on, on that kind of similar path. But you, you know, let, let's kind of try and get some lessons from that, uh, what what you've experienced. So. Um, you broke it down like, uh, I can't actually quite remember the, the numbers, but like zero to 18 to 50 to 150 to 300, right? So, let's talk about that, that initial team. Obviously, you've worked with DC before at HubSpot. How did you like, focus on recruiting this like, initial 18 people uh, you, you know, for, for Drift? And is the culture still the same now you're at like 300?
2: The culture always changes, right? You can't expect the company to always be the same. It's impossible. The the, the dynamics between, um, you know who does it, who put this really well? Reid Hoffman in his book, Blitzscaling, It talks about, you go from this family stage, like family dinner, 10, 18 of us sitting together, to uh, I think it's family, uh, village, tribe, village, city, nation. Right, and so we are in the 100 to 1,000 stage, and it's completely different than the early days and the family days. And so we wanna we wanna become a city, right? We wanna become a nation. That's the kind of goal that we have. And so you really have to have a perspective: what kind of company you wanna build, right? If your company, for what your your goals, your target, your independence, you wanna be 100 people, then that's the path. We're building a company that I want it to be a $10 billion valuation, I want it to be a billion in revenue, multi-product, and thousands of employees globally. That's the vision that we have. And so to do that, you have to be constantly defining principles that will stay the same and people that will be fitting and be perfect for the right stage. And so we're in a better stage now that people can see a career with Drift for the next 10 years. Uh, But the people that were there for the, the when we were 10, 18, it's different kind of people, right?
1: How many of those, the initial, let's say, 18, are, are, are still with the company? Do you see that? Probably like 10. Probably 10. Because yeah. Reid Hoffman talks about the, like tour of duties. Exactly. That, you know, for, for two years, you know, come in, do your job, and then it's fine. Like go on, you know, go somewhere else. Is yeah. is that a, a a mindset that you guys going to buy into? It, it, t- it,
2: it's it's t- absolutely. I I just did a video internally for the team because a lot of young people will jo- will join your your business and they're like, how do I get promoted? When you know, so it's, a, it's a tough conversation to have mm. that you need to train managers in that how do you progress and the reality that progression takes time and and what i like to show people is that most companies really might not have a vision to, to last five years right and so um, it's hard to be speaking in those terms we want to speak in those terms I speak in terms of 10 years come to Drift and this will change your career I spent 10 years at IBM I worked 10 years with David you know and so I have nice stints that have helped me grow as a professional. And so I think that, um, think of it as three, as 10 years, but you have to be checking in and make sure that you're evolving and you're growing. And so I think that one year might be too short uh, for people to learn, not, not enough time. I think maybe three years is what I say. I, I say to people, like, be with us um, till the next big milestone in the company, three years. Take that experience and then you're going to be much more valuable. We want to focus on people growing their value outside of Drift, and then maybe decide whether that's the launching point. What about, like, what
1: are your thoughts in, in the, you know, the early days, of, us say the first year, do you believe that a, a startup should have their core values um, you know, that they kind of recruit against, or does, does that matter so much in that kind of first year when you're probably just trying to get traction and trying to survive?
2: It depends, right? It's like David and I have worked together for ten years, for companies. We know each other really well, and so um, at the beginning, we tried some exercises to come up with our leadership, you know, principles, our values. At the beginning, and with an early new team that hadn't worked with us before, and it was not working out. You know, we, you know, it's like we did an exercise, put ideas on the board, let's come up with seven words that mean something, and, and it didn't didn't stick, right? And we had to have there's a journey that you have to find a little bit of your identity and who you are. But then David and I sat down and we we're like, these are our principles. Because what we needed to do was get better at training, onboarding new employees. And we wanted to stop having to explain every little thing of why we think the way that we do Why do we do the things that we do? And so we codified those into eight leadership principles. And uh, that those that those have stuck around for many years now. But if you don't have the experience, if it's your first time starting a company, like how are you going to come up with those things? You don't know who you are yet. Yeah. So yeah. I think it depends. I, I think people, uh, it's not about recruiting, but it's really about execution within the company. It's really how do you optimize people making decisions faster without you having to be there. right?
1: And what about uh, so recruiting? I saw um, Goddard Abel's talk yesterday from G2 Crowd, and he had a slide that said like, don't use recruiters, right? And it's all about your network.
2: What are your thoughts around that? Uh, m- maybe he meant don't use external recruiters. Yeah, right? no, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first hire at draft was a recruiter. Okay. In-house, wow. right? Uh, and Just tell you how important that was for us because most companies fail because they don't, they cannot attract talent. Yeah. And, and, and so what happens is that they're like, I constantly get all these founders with, with early stage startups, 10, 20 people, and they're like, how do you find this engineer? How do I find a salesperson? And then you see the, the, the founders not being good at recruiting and spending so much time sourcing or doing other things and, and, and not really succeeding, right? And then they're paying fees. It's like, I have, to, I have to prove this to every executive at Drift as they come in, one at a time. And I'm trying to figure out how to make this go away. That they're like, we need to grow faster. What if we bring an external firm? and I'm like, we have a system, we have an engine of how we recruit, of how we interview, how we make decisions. So we can compress all the things that we own and we have professional recruiters that do all the sourcing. And then the executive team, we have to do all the interviewing, all the informal informal meetings so we can make a decision quicker. Because it's death when you interview someone and you're like bringing them back and forth and nobody wants to, uh, I think I think I like the person, but maybe so-and-so has to talk to this person in another meeting, another meeting. We want to be able to make a decision in seven days. You come to Drift, you interview for your formal interview. We have a meeting that day or the following to do the post, the calibration. People have to submit their feedback independently, and we can make a decision that day, call that person back and start uh, uh, a negotiation uh, offer discussion. So would you, would you so, so you, would hire, you, you hire fast? You have to hire, you ha- we hire fast. Yep. We have a process. Uh, We have, um, we don't wait for consensus. We have a DRI. There's only six people at Drift that can hire, make a hiring decision. I don't like it when everybody pushes down to like every person, every manager in the company to do their own hiring because what experience do they have? And they're just going to end up hiring who you like. So we centralize hiring per department and that person is the one that can say, maybe you're not good for that position in marketing but you are gonna be great right here. And I make the final decision. And we get to just see a little bit of that, but now we, they're empowered to do that. And so that is very, that is so opposite of how most people hire.
1: When, when uh, so you say like you or, D- or DC kind of making that hire, final hiring decision, you're meet, meeting that person that's gone through the process, and maybe they've they've done like a few rounds, right? With uh, the, the other six people that are involved in recruiting. What are some of the things that you do to test that this person you you know should work at, at Drift? Uh, are, are there any kind of interesting sort of like nuances that you do to say this person is, is a
2: fit? So, back to the leadership principles. So we we have these leadership principles that we define. That we have a blog post, and we have these cards, and we have these questions. We actually have trained people throughout the company to be part of the interview teams that test for the principles, because really what we see is that principles is something that you should be able to, you hire for and you fire for, and so if if we say something like six feedback, not consensus, and this person always needs consensus to like every time that he needs to do something, he needs to ask everybody around to say yes to their idea. They don't they don't have the ability to make decisions. They're going to struggle it truth, right? And so we actually have questions designed for each principle. And we do personality tests, and so we, depending on the personality, we'll, we'll, we'll schedule and say, let's, let's test for this principle, right? And we can try to see what they have in their career that matches to those things. And we're like, everybody's really looking for those, right? It's, um, we'll do other things like the WHO method of interviewing. So we'll do stuff like that to get the actuals of like what have they done, who mm-hmm. did they work, what they accomplish. Uh, you know, meetings with executives, meetings on a specific function. It might be a case study, uh, but then there's the leadership. Like, we'll have one or two of those questions asked. Do you, Do you also fire fast? Uh, yes, um, never fire fast enough. Yeah, it's always a, a mistake. But we we gotta get better at that. In In meaning, there's two things. We promise people 90 days, right? You You have to, um, you know, if, if we made the commitment, we made an offer. Let's spend time giving the feedback being able to uh, work with them, and, and, and make sure that things are improving, and give them a chance. I want everybody that works at Drift to have an amazing experience. That they can say, you know what, it didn't work out, uh, for, for whatever reason, right? And, uh, but I learned stuff from it, and I built uh, a new network, and I expanded my network. And so, uh, we want to do a minimum of 90 days, never fire before that, uh, and then really, um, after that, make sure that we, we communicate, because you can't promote someone that is not doing well You just fix problems. You cannot transfer someone to another department that is not doing well. Uh, we we want to make sure that we... That we it, it affects the whole company when a person is not uh, performing, but usually it's our fault. I think it's our blame for either hiring or not training or not coaching or not giving the right feedback. Uh,
1: you, you guys have, uh, have got a fantastic brand. Uh, and. I think maybe, uh, or, or do you, my assumption that you know having this great brand will sort of help you attract talent, right? Uh, but let's say for for those companies that you know don't have that advantage of this you know great brand that you guys have got, you know what are the, the what are the keys to attracting talent if you you have that perhaps disadvantage of not being as well known and
2: uh, a, a, a such a strong brand as you guys? Um, we appreciate that you saying that we have a great brand, but. We didn't start Drift and the brand appeared. It's like didn't, it doesn't come with it. Uh, I, I told you that when, when we left HubSpot, a lot of the people that I would recruit, I do a lot of recruiting, I spend a lot of my time on this, and people would be like, uh, this is too big of a company. I like an earlier stage company. So when we left to start Drift, I figured, wow, we had, we had funding, we had experience, We didn't know exactly what we were going to do, and maybe that was the crux of it, but I'm now talking to all these people, and I thought everybody was going to be like, yes, I want to work with you. Like, I want to join Drift. Nobody wanted to join. (laughs) It was really hard. Uh, So I I lived through everything that you guys are living through, which is like people want... Then it became this problem, like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you're going to be successful. Um, You don't have any customers. Who's using your tool? what is it that you do like why nobody else and so like it was a struggle and so the only way to do it it's really a numbers game it's just like finding customers you have to you have to go door-to-door customer to customer until you find that one that's gonna believe in you and and those people like like uh, a recruiter right first recruiter he believed in us he left that company to join us and said I will help you build this and he's with us five years later, right? And so very special to me, someone that says, I, I will be loyal, I will be, i believe in you. And so you gotta find those people that, that took a chance on us uh, to build what we have built so far,
1: but what about now obviously you 're in this hyper growth phase, so three hundred employees looking to get to you know a thousand you know becoming a, a nation as you said. Uh, do you see that obviously has some challenges as well like are some of the drift employees saying, well, actually the company's just moving so fast, and i don 't want to be in such a fast growth company or is is, is that something, obviously, if you you get the recruitment right, that they're bought into so they know things are just constantly going to be changing and growing and new people coming and going? Well, I
2: I think that I like to always, when I'm explaining stuff, I always like to create just two buckets and like to make it very simple. There's the people that want to work at an early stage startup that is, let's say that the one bucket is people that want chaos, disorganization, they, they love that, like, creating something out of nothing, right? And, and, and the opportunity to excel and rise to, like, a vice president or CTO in, in a year, right? Let's say that or something like that. And there's the group of people, which is everybody else. The people that do that first, they're, like, sick in the head, like me. And, and the people that join is because they don't know any better. <laughs> Those are crazy times. I don't recommend that to, to just anyone. Most of the other people are normal people. That what we want is a career, we want to grow, we want to learn, we want coaching, we want feedback, mentoring, satisfaction, a purpose. That's what everybody wants. And so what you need to do is create a company as soon, as fast as possible that delivers on those things. And then it doesn't matter, right? Because. There are great companies uh, with 400,000 employees, and there's great companies with uh, 500, and 2,000, and 10,000. It's really about um, understanding your identity, helping people grow, and make it a win-win, right? That it's just as good for the customer, what you're building, as well as for your employees. Yeah, you and DC are serial entrepreneurs, and therefore
1: like perhaps have this kind of a playbook or formula on how to build a business, and. Uh, and, and win potentially. Uh, I still like, obviously, we had, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, but like, uh, you know, like Goddard, who's also, he's done like four businesses now, uh, with like three exits, DC's done like five, uh, and I feel that like there is this kind of, uh, let's say, formula of, of things that they repeat, you know, in each business. I. I can you kind of share, perhaps, like what some of the key things are? The, the secret, like, the secret, the, the secret source. The Just secret, a secret sauce. Source. This, how you build successful is, businesses. This, this, this is the final big question. So, yeah, what's, a, what's the secret sauce to drift?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the secret sauce. It's um. Take notes. It, it's really um. There's no such thing as overnight success. All the cliches is like, um, you know, for well over there. They have a nice booth, bootstrap company. I went knocking on 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 Patrick's door and say, can, please, can you be my first customer? Try me out, you know, pay me $100 a month, and I'll pay, you pay me for life the same amount, and you will get everything that I've ever shipped, right? I mean, it's, like, it's really hard. It doesn't happen overnight. It's just, it's hard work. Um, it's, um, oh my god, so many things. Uh, you have to um, solve for the customer you uh have to learn i mean our principles are really about that right it's like bias for action it's about momentum you have to think big if you don't think big you're never going to accomplish anything right and so david always just pushes me and he's like and if i think you know 1 billion is good then he says 10 billion and if he says if i say one product let me build you a product from scratch and and make you know, um, hundreds of millions of revenue from that, well, okay, build another product, and then this product needs to be better, and how about a suite of products? And and so, you really have to be, you have to have the courage to have ambitious goals. You have to uh, work hard, you really have to um, care about people, you have to care about the customer, and you have to solve real problems, right? If you're not connected to the customer, we sometimes, entrepreneurs are like, oh, I have this great idea, it's gonna be amazing, and you're solving for yourself instead of for like, an actual business, right? Uh, we do things that are not sexy, right? Like um, a B2B, the we, we, we jumped into a market that has 10,000 vendors right? in just one of our you know, areas, and it's like, we have to uh, do it better than everybody else to, to find a spot there, so th- it's, um, there's no secret. Uh,
1: secret sources, there's no secret. Uh, so the f- um, final question, how do you stay healthy and sane uh, as you, uh, I, I guess, scale uh, drift?
2: i I'm not doing well in that area i think well i'm i'm i think i'm i'm older i'm forty three now so it's like really um i'm starting to feel all kinds of aches and pains i i used to work out for the first two years of drift i had like a coach and i would like go twice a week and that was great but I was showing up at the office like at ten thirty tuesdays and thursdays and so d c kind of like cut that. It's like, we got, we got work to do here. He sent
1: you on a Jocko boot camp, didn't he? I
2: went to a Jocko boot camp, and we're going to some climbing Everest with uh, Sarah Blakely and Jesse Itzler uh, on okay. Thursday. Okay. I'm going to Vermont, Very cool. and we got to climb up this thing 17 times, this mountain, which would be the equivalent as Everest. And I don't, I haven't worked out in like two years, and I'm not fit. I, I do kite surfing. Uh, I think really... Um, the only thing that is saving me right now is, is a routine. I go to bed early, um, wake up early, and, um, and and try to eat, not, I'm not eating healthy right now. I, I think it's more mental for me. It's like I don't let the stress of building a business get to me because now I know that you just have to be patient and improve and work at it, and you just keep you know chipping away at a problem. And, and it gets resolved. Everything sometimes we feel like it's gonna explode in us and it's like this is the end of the world. And I think that stress hurts your body more than, than maybe not doing the physical exercise. I don't have a desk, I walk a lot uh, and by basics, but I need to get better in that. Awesome.
1: Well, Eliasaurus, uh, thanks for being a, a great guest on the SAS Revolution show. Uh, enjoy your rest of your time in, in Dublin and at Talk. Thank you for much. having me.